the optimal life. <laughs> well, hey, we are uh, we are officially live, Doctor Leica. Thank you very much. Uh, so, one thing we both have in common, I notice, is we're both girl dads. <laughs> That's an auspicious thing to say, boy. Do I have girls in my life? I've got four daughters and six granddaughters. Wow, that's a. And do you have any grandsons? I only have one. And guess how <laughs> spoiled he gets. <laughs> wow, good for you, man. Good for you. So yeah, I, I I saw that you have four daughters. I have three, so uh, you've got me beat by one. Um, somebody else well, who I had. I hate to say this, but the last one was probably a mistake. But I'm sure glad we had her. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. Um, somebody else who had four daughters, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, is, was Kobe Bryant, who uh, tragically passed earlier this year, and and that was that was really really rough for me because um, I could relate to that having daughters, a girl dad, those kind of things. How how did that make you feel when that happened? You know, when when Kobe died, it was all. It's always a sad moment when people pass. And, you know, I've sort of followed it. It doesn't look like it was some good human judgment that was used to fly in a storm like that. But you know, the passing of a great person is always one of the saddest things in the world. Uh, Kobe was a giant, not only amongst basketball, but just amongst the world. He was he was a leader. He was a, a very empathetic man. He gave a lot to charity, and I really liked the things he did. Yeah, I, I did too, and and uh, for me it was just, there was something different about this one, and I'm not sure exactly why, obviously he was larger than life, but uh, I think there's also something with having those daughters, all those daughters, I was just able to relate to it in a different way, and it really, really, I mean, I still struggle with it, I still struggle seeing it, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what that family's had to go through, and those daughters, the survivors, the three of them, you can't even imagine. You know, as I say, the passing is always a terrible, terrible thing. And I don't think we ever get to terms with it. It takes years. Yeah. And, you know, even when you come close to death, it, it, it's a very hard thing to deal with. So you came close, or you were at least diagnosed with a, a, with a near death. They basically wrote you off from my research. Well, Give us well, a little let me background. Tell you my story there. You know, I was walking in Disneyland with my dear wife and my youngest daughter way back. In 2003, it was spring break, it was a hot, sticky day, and my wife turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hon? And, and you know, I was sort of taken aback. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even, uh, I hadn't even thunk anything wrong, so I didn't know what she was talking about. And, but she persisted, what's wrong, hon? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, dear. And she said, listen to your foot. Well, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a foot drop, and it was flapping on the pavement with every step I was taking. You know, your brain is designed to not let that happen. Your brain literally allows your, your foot to pick up any step you take, but mine wasn't functioning properly. So, you know, I said to my wife, I have got the faintest idea, but then she said to me, you know, when we get back, you better get this checked out. You know, when your wife tells you that in that tone of voice, you know, you better listen to her. And I was a good boy. I listened to what she said. So I went and saw a bunch of doctors and, and they did CAT scans. They did brain scans. They did scan scans. And Nate, you know what they showed at the end of the day? 
I'm listening. They showed absolutely nothing. Mm. The doctors were befuddled. They were flabbergasted. They didn't have the faintest clue what was going on. And so they, 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 you know, they said, well, you got to get more tests. So I probably had a billion dollars worth of tests by the time they, they were all done. I had tests that weren't even considered tests at all. So they were confusing in that way. But, you know, at the end of that, I ended up at the doorstep of a world-renowned neurologist. Now, a neurologist is a doctor that's supposed to have all the answers to these puzzling diseases. So I walked in, and I said, hi, and he said, Dr. Leica, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And in six months, you're going to be dead. Get your affairs in order. He, he, wow. didn't, he didn't say it like that, though. That hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I, I shot back. Can you prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. <laughs> he he didn't he didn't say it exactly in those terms. I take it. Well, he he we had no bedside manner. You know, some doctors are great, but they're like Doctor House on TV. They just can't put anything together. They've got a rough outside manner, and they just don't understand. And that's what he said. He actually said so, an autopsy. Know. Yeah, go ahead, Nate. He actually said an autopsy to you. That's it. Yes, he said an autopsy. Wow. So he basically so told you, you have, you have, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. <laughs> so he told you you had six months to live at this point, and uh, you have Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, and get your affairs in line. Okay, so wh what went... What did when, I do next? Well, that was the, the troubling thing. You know, when you go through this, uh, when you go through this all... Your brain goes through a period of time when you go through a reaction set. The reaction set is called the grief reaction, and that's what Kobe daughter, Bryant's daughters are going through. That's what the world's going through when they consider that. Uh, the world's going through a bit of a grief reaction right now as it's gone through COVID and everything else, but the grief reaction is several things that happen. Your body goes through anger. You go through very, you get very angry. You can bite the head off nails. You go through bargaining oh god please do not let this happen i i'll do anything if you if you take this away you go through denial oh there's nothing wrong i can do anything this is not going to happen to me and you go through periods of depression where you literally cannot function you literally cannot uh do anything and that's basically uh where your body goes through and you go through it time after time after time but it's not separate stages your body goes through you flip through this in seconds mm -hmm. the final stages of elizabeth kubler ross is acceptance that you're going to accept you're going to die well thank god i did not accept this i fought it tooth and nail and i went to my wife and i asked her you know what do i have my wife's a doctor as well she said I haven't got the faintest idea, but you're smart. You can figure it out. You're smarter than all those doctors. And so I said, okay. And back then, it was 2003, they had in, just invented something that people were playing with. It was something called the Internet. Have you ever heard of that, Nate? I have a time or two, yes. Oh, good, good. Then we're not talking Greek to you. 
the, the thing about it, it was very primitive back then. There was no Dr. Google you can consult. What there was was a dial-on connection where you, your phone used to dial on to it and we used to go for about 15 minutes before it used to connect. And, and then when you got on, you had to communicate with it by a language called DOS because the computers did not have enough memory to really communicate well, so you had to give it little commands. But you know, I had friends that were nerds. Uh, the nerds really knew a lot about this, and they helped me do what I wanted to do. So what I did is I looked up every disease that looked like ALS, but it was not ALS, it was not Lou Gehrig's disease. And I found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz, who was going through exactly what I had gone through. He literally had gone through everything I had done, and but he got worse very much more rapidly and was on his deathbed when doctors from around the world were coming up to see him. He was so well known that people wanted to say their goodbyes to him. And, and uh, one doctor came up from Texas and looked at David and said, David, I do not think you have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. I think you have something else. David whispered, because that's all he could do at that time, was, what do I have? The doctor said, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I think you've been bitten by a tick, and that tick has caused a chronic neurological illness that looks just like ALS. And if I'm right, I can make you better. So David said, well, what have I got to lose? I'm dying. So the doctor started on treatment, and like Lazarus, he arose from the dead. He literally was walking, talking, dancing within a week. Wow. Wow. So well, when he... Dave, I knew this guy had some answers. I knew he had some answers to my questions, so I had to get in touch with him. So I phoned all the hospitals in Colorado Springs. I found David at the Methodist Hospital. You know, a doctor can get in touch with any doctor he wants to just by calling, as long as he, he knows how. And I got in touch with him, and we talked. We talked for a long time, and David said, can you come down? I said, when? I said, I, he said, right now, right now, he said. And I said, David, I can't. It's our Thanksgiving weekend. And my wife has invited 50 people over. Well, David wouldn't take that for an answer. He said, aren't there any planes in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> so I went to my wife. I told her what was happening. And she said, of course you must go. If there's an answer for your problems, you need to find it. And she said, I'll take care of the 50 people. There's no problem. I do that. I can do that with my eyes closed. So I got on a plane. I got on a plane from Edmonton to Denver. It was a great flight, three hours long, perfect. Then I got on this little puddle jumper from Denver, from Denver to Colorado Springs. And it's only a 15-minute flight, but it's the flight from hell because the air comes off the desert at the end of the day and causes the plane to drop over and over and over again. So it's like the drop of doom at, at the Tower of Terror over and over and over again. Fifteen times you drop 100 feet, 200 feet, 300 feet and climb again. It's a terrible flight. So I got off that flight. I was just mortified. I was greed. I crawled off the flight and there was David on the tarmac to meet me. It was 2003 and you could do that. There was no problem with that. It, they didn't have the high security they have now. And he took me and we talked for hours and he said these immortal words. 
Dr. Leica, I think history is repeating itself. I think I can help you. And he started me on treatment. And so for over 30 years, I was one of the leading cosmetic doctors in the world. I was able to do everything. But you know, when you go through something like this, you look around, you start looking for, for differences in your life and how you can love a little bit better. You, you think, did I actually live? Did I actually love? Did I matter? And so you try to matter and you really try to do things better. And, and that's where I, I came up with the idea of writing a book. I came up with other things. And along the way, I, I sponsored various contests. I sponsored the Women of Distinction contest for the Women of Distinction at the YWCA. And a young lady by the name of Harriet Tinka came up and she uh, was applying for an award called the Turning Points Award. Now her story was similar to mine, but different. She was kidnapped, she was stabbed, and she was left for dead. Now, she had an amazing story, but because of this, she was giving back. So Harriet offered to buy me lunch so we could talk, and we did talk. And that's where we wrote this book as a result of this. We said we'd do it, and it took over four years to write. It's called The Secrets of Li to Living a Fantastic Life, Find the 13 Golden Pearls Within. And in this book is our commonality, our pathway that we found that was the same, and how we can give back. And that's what this book is literally about. It's a new pathway for people to come on, for new, a pathway for really to explore life, and people can get a better life uh, than they have now without the hardship Harriet and I have gone through. That's a uh, that's that's a handful there. So let's break that down a little bit. Uh, it's it's an incredible thing. You uh, at the point that you met David, how many months was that after the doctor told you you had six months to live? You know, it's probably three or four months. I I really looked at everything hard. I I looked really really at everything, and and I was able to find him. It wasn't that long. And how long you did know, it take I, for you? I'm a hard worker. I'm a workaholic. When I have tasks to do. I'll work 24 hours a day until it's done. How long did it take for you to recover once you got on the medication? You know, it didn't take long. It took about a week or two. Wow. So the same thing that David went through. You went through the exact same thing. So was it? So it was indeed Lyme disease. You know, if you ask 20 different doctors, you get 40 different diagnoses. <laughs> Even now, yeah. there's still some confusion as to what I may or may not have. But the important thing, I responded to the treatment for Lyme's disease. So I like to use that as my working diagnosis because, you know, this is a gray area. We're dealing with a set of symptoms here that are very unusual. We're dealing with something that, that most people do not understand. And we don't have definitive tests that tell you if it's this or that. All we do is go on hunches and something like this. Sure. Well, it goes to show you it's so important to never really give up hope. The doctors don't always know. I've heard many well, of these stories before. I can tell you before. that even being a doctor, I realize the limitations of our knowledge. And, you know, even when I was in a situation where things were grim, I'd always tell the family, you know, this is likely what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I said, we really don't know. I've seen miracles happen. I've seen change in minutes. And I've said, you know, things are not always black and white. So 
it's a good idea to get your affairs in order, but you know, I can never tell when that magic time is going to come, when you're going to pass, that time is going to come. So, so the answer is unknown. So after this, after you recovered, uh, what was the sentiment like amongst your family, your daughters, your wife? What was going on? Well, you know, they, they realized that, you know, I've always been a leader, a hard worker, and everything else. I think the feeling was one of relief. I think they realized that that whatever I was going through, I've, I've beaten it, you know. I'm one of those guys that likes to beat most things, you know. I, I, I don't let little things overcome me, so I, I'm, I'm a survivor that way, and I, I think the thing I'd like people to, to realize from my story at the end of the day, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do with what happens. That's what I'd like people to realize. So whatever the obstacle is, whatever the things are there, there's a solution for it. And, and often the solution is something you don't always think about. Often you have to, to research it and so on. But, you know, in this day and age where we're dealing with COVID, where we're dealing with, uh, you know, very, very much anger going on in our society and, and things like that, I, I firmly believe there's a solution to all this. We just have to reach out and find it. We just need to reach out and grab it. And that's where I think my golden pearls can help. Golden pearls are little... Uh, are little pieces of wisdom. And, and Nate, do you know what forms a pearl and how it forms? No, I do not. Okay. A pearl forms because of an irritation in the lining of an oyster's wall. A little grain of sand gets in and it, or, and it irritates that oyster. Now, there are actually golden pearls that are formed from certain species of, of oysters that live in the South Pacific, and they're in Indonesia and the Southern Philippines area, but they're extremely rare. And what happens in these, in, when this irritation occurs, the oyster walls off the irritation with this material, this material called luster, and it does it in layer after layer after layer and makes these exquisite pearls. Now, a golden pearl is something that's made uh, is so rare, it, it, a single solitary pearl can cost upwards of $10,000. So the thing here is with my, our kids in mind, we had tremendous trauma. We could have been crushed for it. We could have been destroyed by it. But instead, we decided to find the good things in life. We decided to find the golden pearls that are out there for people really to understand and grow through. So because of our trauma, we were made better. Because of our trauma, we were made stronger. And that's actually the story of life, that trauma can either destroy us or we become better people because of it. And I think at the end of the day, I think that's what we're trying to do is become better people in all this. So did you continue to practice cosmetic surgery, cosmetic dermatology after this or... I did. I walked away from cosmetic dermatology just a year ago. Oh, okay. That was 30 years that I was practicing, mm. and I felt that the younger people should have a chance to take over some of it. So I sold my practice a year ago, and now I'm writing and motivating. I'm speaking on this public speaking tours. I'm doing uh, lectures for you, like on this show. I'm, I'm writing more books. I have three more books in the works. Uh, this book just became a... Uh, 
Amazon bestseller, so we're promoting it and getting it out to as many people as we can. We're doing podcasts, we're doing events, and we're trying to make these pearls into everybody's life. So we're going to be doing a series of seminars as well for people so that they can understand them and make this an integral part of their life being. Give us just a very high-level overview of your book, The Golden Pearl. What's it called exactly? The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. Mm. Find the 13 golden pearls within. And why 13, Doctor? You know, 13 was what we came out with because, first of all, we had 20 golden pearls. And, you know, 20 golden pearls was just too much. People that would read our book said, we love your book, but it's a bit like drinking from a fire hydrant. So they said, could you just give us our best, your best pearls? So we put our best pearls together in this book. Of course, we have some left over for another book, <laughs> and we'll be bringing that in a few months. But we want everybody to get the full force and meaning of this book before we, we get it out there. In fact, we have 13 golden pearls, and we have one bonus pearl just dealing with fear, because fear is such a big thing in our society right now. Our world is gripped in fear. Our world is gripped in, 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 in just, the, just a fearful situation as this COVID takes over the planet. I mean, millions and millions and millions of people have been affected for it. I think yesterday in the States there were 130,000 deaths from it. Oh my goodness, this is certainly a situation to be fearful about. So your 13 golden pearls provide insight into how to overcome adversity and traumas, is that correct? They're, that's basically what they do, but they're basically principles of life. Mm -hmm. We have 13 of them. The first one starts with love, which is a very, very basic principle. I think love is one of the most important things that we could ever do and ever see. I think love is something that's so fundamental that I think people have to, uh, you know, there's two emotions that are very, very simple in the world. One is hate, which we're seeing a lot of right now. And the other one is love. Now, love is not necessarily a natural emotion. Uh, hate certainly is. Hate is something we see, like when we're we're being chased by a bull. We hate that bull, so we run away from it. Uh, hate is a, a primitive reaction that we have. But I would like to think that love is even a more important reaction. I think love. I, I, I believe that dreaming is stronger than reality. Mm. Desire is more potent than apathy. Hope is more powerful than despair. Joy always trumps, triumphs over sorrow. And laughter is the ultimate cure for mankind's foibles. And I believe that love is stronger than hate. It's the greatest gift of all. How do I know? I've been fortunate to experience them all. Well, you're very eloquent, and uh, you've obviously had these conversations a time or two based upon listening to you talk over the last 20-plus minutes. What, get, what, what Give us a little more insight, too, of those 13 golden pearls. I'm sure we can guess a, a, quite a few of them love. Yeah, let's drill down on one of them. Give us one that's, that we wouldn't expect. One of my expect. favorite ones. Yes, let's please. talk about enthusiasm. Okay. You know, enthusiasm is one of the things that makes a day or breaks a day. Enthusiasm is one of the things that can carry you 
lucky storm, it really can make everything the way it is. And there was a, a carpenter by the name of Fred. He was working in the business for 35 years, and he was done. He was tired. He had lost his enthusiasm. He just couldn't do it anymore. So he went to the boss and threw the, the keys that he had on the desk and said, boss, I'm done. I can't take another day of this. You know, the boss was mortified. He didn't know what to do. The reason why is because this was his master carpenter. He'd helped him with all the houses he's built in his life. So he turned and said to Fred, Fred, can you do just one more job for me? Fred demurred and he said, okay, boss, I've loved it here. I'll do anything you ask. What would you have me do? And he said to Fred, Fred, could you build me just one more house? This is a very special house and only you can do it because you're my master carpenter. Fred begrudgingly said yes. He said, yes, I'll do it, boss. And so he went to, he started building the house, but his heart was not into it. He worked two hours a day, whereas in the old days he'd worked 12, he'd worked 18, he'd worked 24. He was the best in the world, but this time he did shoddy workmanship. It was crappy stuff. And the house barely passed inspection when it was done. But when he was done, he went to the boss and said, okay, I'm out of here. The boss said, just hold it a minute, Fred. Let's gather everybody around. So the boss got everybody together in the office and, and said, everyone, this is a very joyous day for Fred. It's his last day. He's going to be going on to retirement. I'm happy for Fred, but I'm also very sad because he's been my best carpenter. I wish everybody in my business would work as hard as he did. And Fred, I have a very special gift for you. Here's the keys to the last house that you've ever built. I want you to live with it, live in it, and enjoy it with all the enthusiasm that you showed me over the years. <laughs> so what's wow. the what's the moral of that Could story? You picture how different that would have been if he really was enthusiastic with his last house. Yeah, that's a good point. Enthusiasm is not a Monday thing. It's not a Friday thing. It's not a Thursday thing. you got to carry it with you every day because you never know when it's going to make the difference in your life. You never know when it's going to make the difference between winning and losing. You never know when it's going to take you out of those situations where where you're really having difficulties. Sure, but if somebody is not enthusiastic anymore and they're tired and they're worn down from all the wear and tear and years of hard work and maybe they've had some you know, tumultuous moments throughout, they're ready to call it quits. Uh, wouldn't you suggest that somebody in that position should just call it quits and not build that final house? You know, you, you have to find enthusiasm inside yourself or outside of yourself. Enthusiasm comes from your attitude. It comes from inspiration. Do you, do you know what the word inspiration actually means? Please. It means breath of life. Inspiration means a breath of life. It's a Latin word. It comes from inspire, which means in the spirit. And inspiration comes from many, many different forms. You know, you can get the inspiration by looking at a picture. You can get inspiration from going from a long walk down a, a nice path. I love to walk every day for two, three hours. Inspiration comes from going to an art gallery and looking at art. Inspiration comes from looking at a good book. So when you feel you're done, you're not necessarily done. What you need to do is have a change. And a change is sometimes as good as a holiday. 
And I think what Fred would have been best to do is say, yes, I'll do that, but took his time doing it, getting the inspiration back, looking at some of the beautiful woods he used to look at and, and smell them and touch them and getting his inspiration like he did in building all those other houses, making him into a unique, wonderful work of art. Now, you find inspiration all around you. It, it lives in your children. It lives in your wife. It lives in your show that you're doing right now. And these are the places that people can get inspired and come to new heights and they can get that enthusiasm back to do the job that they should. Well, that's well, true. Gandhi said, if you were a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper in the world. And that's what you should always try to do. No matter your walk in life, no matter what you do, you should always try to be the best at it. Get the skills, learn the skills, keep the skills good. That's beautifully said. And another way to get inspiration and enthusiasm back too is sometimes just taking a step away. Because some time away will cause you to find that that flame again. And it will bring you back potentially even better than ever. Sometimes you need to miss it in order to really, really find that enthusiasm again as well. Absolutely. You must sometimes do something different. And, and you know the greats of this world, like Kobe Bryant, always found enthusiasm. They found it in every corner. They might have been behind, beaten up in a game, and somehow come back and win it. Yes. Now, a lot of them had enthusiasm in themselves, but they also had hunger in themselves. They also wanted to win. Yep, absolutely. That's, that's perfect. Uh, give us your website, Doctor, so people can find you online. I'd like to do two things. First of all, before I go to my website, I'd like to give all your listeners something special. I'd like to give them 52 golden pearls. And all they have to do is text me the word golden pearls, pearls with an S, to 1-819-717-2515. That's 1-819-717-2515. Now, you will get a golden pearl a week for the next 52 weeks, and they will help you get inspired and keep your enthusiasm going, okay? Perfect. Secondly, you can reach me anytime at Dr. Alan Leica. That's D-R-E-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A, dot com. Check back there anytime. I believe there's a chapter from my book there that you can get totally for free. And right now, there's a huge sale on for books at Amazon, where my book is going for, I think, $6 US. So you can get a paperback copy for that. Or if you can't afford that, Kindle is going for 99 cents, so you can get it. Because I'd like everybody to have this copy. I'd, I'd love everybody to share in this and experience this book and really make it part of your life. Thank you so much for your time, Doctor. We'll, we'll link you up in the show notes. And uh, all the best to you. Phenomenal story. And we'll be, we'll be watching not only this book, but the other books to come. You've teased us, and, and now I'll we're excited. And I'll probably be back when the other books come out, too, to tell you a little bit more about them. We've got Golden Pearls 14 through 20, 21 through 30. We, we can't wait to see them all. Fantastic. Thank you for having me, Nate. It was my pleasure to be on your show. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. Bye for now. Bye-bye.